Season 4, Episode 5 of Generationally Speaking, where we take topics and we look at them. (laughs) (laughs) You were doing so good. You were so good. (laughs) We look at them through the lens Uh, of... A boomer and a millennial. My name's Brian. I'm the lead pastor here at Crossbridge. This is Jordan, the online pastor. I tried so hard, Jordan. I wanted to do it. I need to get you a teleprompter. <laughs> just look at the camera. I really wanted to make it this time. What's up, everyone? <laughs> um, so usually on our outlines, yeah. I make fun of Brad. And when I make fun of Brad, I usually say like, hey, Brad intro, okay? So on our outlines, on the top, we'll say Brad read intro, and I make fun of him, how he's going to butcher oh. it, and all of that fun stuff, okay? Here's the problem, though. It's a new year, and because it was a new year, I didn't make fun of Brad this time on the outline. I didn't I didn't put any weird wording or stuff, because I wanted to give you a clean slate, okay? He's not even listening to me. And uh, he still ended up messing I'm texting. Um, I still Michaela messed it up. Hansen, swing and a miss, Bradley. Swing and a miss. Piper Cohen, you guys are already laughing. We're the funniest guys Here, you know. I just got a text from Kevin Saylor, one of our favorite fans. Yeah. Who's on he gave on, up Facebook. He gave up Facebook. He said, how am I supposed to watch you? Because I'm, We're I, live on YouTube right now. I just told him, live yep. on YouTube. So for those of you who are unaware, our church is doing a prayer and fasting series right now. And often, <laughs> and, and historically, fasting has been um, used uh, to help people draw nearer to God. And so that is what we are doing. We aren't just fasting food. We're allowing people to choose something that consumes a lot of their time right. or energy um, away from God, draws people away. And uh, it's been a cool series. People have chosen social media. You've chosen. I, I chose um, television for just an extra hour, two hours a night. Oh, you're not going to tell them the other thing? I gave up soda, too. because Only, <laughs> only because of Trevor. Yeah. Trevor guilted me into it. Yep. So, hey, everyone. And I would kill for a Diet Dr. Pepper right now. Bless your heart. Um, Hey, everyone. We're just really glad you're here joining us. First podcast of the evening and of Of the the year. Of the new year. It is of this evening, too. And as as we prepare these outlines, isn't it so cool to think about how far this podcast has come? Yeah, it really is. Um, It's season four, episode five. And we usually do about 10 serious topic episodes a year and we do about 10 game nights so about 20 weeks of the year um or 20 weeks of each season right is for our podcast and we've had this is four season so by the end of this season it's going to be almost about 100 episodes wow. because the first season we did was on every week thing right now we're to every other week so yeah. um we're glad that you're joining us for this year we have some great content planned for the rest of 2023 uh, a lot of game nights but also a lot of serious topics tonight's topic kind of stems off of when we were studying and talking about deconstruction last season right if you remember our talk on deconstruction kind of in that conversation uh, the the conversation of doubts came up what does it look like for christians to for have doubt. doubts right and what does it then ultimately look like to handle those doubts in a healthy way is it even okay for christians to have doubts um pastors having doubts what does it look like to stand firm in your faith but still have some wavering in different areas and then ultimately what it looks like to doubt towards God. And we would love for those of you who are watching is just to kind of chime in here, because I think, you know, we've got some of our thoughts, but I would love to know the audience's yep. th- thoughts. We have about nine on Facebook and two on YouTube. Let us know in the chat how many of you, maybe an emoji, you can raise a hand, um, or if you feel comfortable, let us know, do you have doubts in your faith, or 
per, you know, raise a hand, or perhaps you're someone who is unwavering, firm in your foundation. Um, and we'd love to know that too, because the data, it's not like a hundred percent of people doubt no. or a hundred percent don't, right. but the data is still kind of, um, not alarming, but I think how the data has affected people is alarming. Right, right. So you want to go through some of the data? Yeah, let's just let's okay. dive into some of the data sure. um, about doubts, and then as people comment throughout the night, we'll just kind of you know respond to your questions and and your comments as well. So here we go. According to Barna, in 2017, so this is pre-COVID. Yep, this was 2017. This 20. was the this was the most recent data I could find about doubts. Right, right. 2017, 65% of Christians experienced doubts in their faith. Did they explain any of that, what, what they consider doubt? Um, I should have asked you this before. They didn't define doubt. Okay. They defined, like, when it was doubts in faith, like, the questions about things that were more spiritually significant. Um, is is kind of how they worded it. Okay. If we go, if we if I went back to the study, perhaps they broke it down a little bit right. differently. But I was just curious what they considered doubt was. You know. Mm. Okay. So sixty five percent of all Christians experience doubts in their faith. When broken down by generation, nineteen mm-hmm. percent of boomers battle doubt. Twenty three percent of Gen Xers battle doubt, and thirty eight percent of millennials battle doubt. The most common response for people who experienced doubt, 45% per Barna, was to leave the church. And that's in 2017. Which I think it's even higher now. Exactly. And you also notice that there's no Gen Z stats on here. I couldn't even find Gen Z. Because at 2017, Gen Z was, I mean, they knew they were there, but they weren't really 10, collecting. 10, 11-year-olds. Yeah, yeah, they weren't collecting data, things like that. It just wasn't relevant at the time. But now, if they would take the survey, oh, yeah. Gen Z would be, I would say, right yeah. up there. If, if not even more. If some of you missed that last line, that was the line that kind of just felt like a, a a punch in the gut. Okay, was the most common response. Yes. For people who experienced doubt, forty five percent. Okay, so not not quite more than the majority, but around fifty percent, around half the people who experienced doubt, their their response was is, to leave. Is the I'm church. just going to leave, mm-hmm. and I think this is what, as you said, you know, we did the 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 podcast on deconstruction, yeah, and I think now with all the talk we've had of deconstruction over the last really honestly four years, maybe. Mm-hmm. Which Why don't would, you just break down deconstruction real quickly, define it for some yeah, of our new de- viewers? Deconstruction is basically getting to a point where you're looking at your faith as you as maybe you had grown up when, mm-hmm. and you start. Saying, you know, what do I really believe? What is really true? Is this true? And 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 I think it starts with doubt. Yep. And then you start reworking this. Okay, I've been told this all my life, but is this really the way it really went? Yep. And there's two ways you can go with deconstruction. <laughs> you can fall away, or you can actually build a stronger, better faith for yourself. You can deconstruct to destruction, or you can deconstruct to reconstruct something healthier. Exactly. Okay. And so, it, it... And, and what we talked about is honestly, I, I would say most Christians actually do this. Uh, we talked about how oh, we yeah. both have reconstructed our faith yeah. to a great deal and, and are it's continuing to reconstruct our faith. Like, uh, deconstruction can be unhealthy, right. but when used appropriately, it can really strengthen your faith to not just make it your own, but make it more uh, Jesus-centered. And, 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 more, and much more solid right. and understandable Absolutely. to, to yourself. Because we, yeah. when you are making your faith your own, then when you go through trials and tribulations or pain— you're able to respond in a healthier way because you've already experienced something. Right, right. And so that, anyway, so that was, as we've been talking about some of this deconstruction, doubt came up right. quite a bit because often, like you said, doubt 
encourages some form of deconstruction. Yeah. Because you start struggling with God, wrestling with God. God, if you are so good, why does evil happen? Why right. does sin exist? Like yeah. some of these deep theological questions. Or it even goes back to the times when we, we talked about um, um, contradictions in the Bible. Yep. Where where all of a sudden you're reading something, you're starting to understand, and you say, hold it, there's there's this contradiction. Yeah. And and it's it's evident there, and you think, okay, well, if this is a contradiction, if the Bible doesn't get... It says two things on this. What am I really supposed to believe? Yep. And if and if it goes that far, yep. Do I even believe it? Yep. Yeah. Piper said, "I feel like COVID made all of this even worse." Absolutely. Too. Yes. Absolutely. And especially for our age, did you experience? You didn't experience a pandemic to the height of COVID in your lifetime before COVID, no. did you? No. Okay. Because they had the, the the closest thing we had uh, was the AIDS epidemic. When was that? 60s, 70s. <sighs> Well, no, at, that at least at least maybe eighties. So it carried into the eighties. Maybe. Okay. But there, there was a big fear. They didn't know how it spread for a while and things like that. So there was this huge fear, all kinds of ugliness because sure. of it, things like that. So I think a lot of, especially younger people, and with, I don't want to use the term misinformation, but information that was going around, okay, and either instilling fear as a byproduct of the information. Or it was just, this is fact and causing fear. A lot of that then led to doubt and et cetera. And it was really the first time as a whole, our country and this generation was And not only did tried. you, you questioned everything. Oh, yeah. And I think we're in, in a society right now, in a culture that questions everything. Yeah. You know, you don't even know what's true anymore. Mm -hmm. And then you have fact checkers that, that check something. And you wonder if they're even true anymore. You know, know. It's, just, it's, 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 a mess. It, it's a mess out there. It's a mess. Yeah. And so no so, wonder there's doubt. Right. And so what's most so the doubt in and of itself isn't what can what concerned me. Okay. The statistics actually thirty eight percent of millennials battled out. That seems really low to me. Um I think the I think these would be astronomically higher if the if, survey was done today. If it was yeah. So again, this was twenty seventeen. The most recent I could find. What was most concerning to me was that those who were experiencing doubt, their response Fifty percent, forty-five percent of the time was to leave the church, and that just broke me. Yeah. Um, and so the first question that we want to wrestle with today is: Can you be a Christian, Brad, and have doubts? Yeah. I here's my question to you. Now let's take this as a generation thing. Okay. The people that you hang with, mm -hmm. the people that you you know are doing life with and and are friends with, Facebook, you name it. Do you feel like they're struggling with doubts right now? Uh, uh, let's just stick it with Christianity, of Jesus, of God. On, like, major theological things? Um, Defining major, like, the resurrection, if Jesus was the Messiah. Sure. No, not those major ones. Okay. My friends. Okay. Okay, but my friends would, would struggle with doubts on the, if God is good, why does suffering okay. exist? If... God is just. Why does racism still exist? Well, you know, different things like some of That's those more yeah. morality yeah. or more like human rights type struggles uh, yeah. that they see. I think that's my what my generation would struggle a lot with. How could a good God exist? And so, like, I think they'd be more apt to believe that Jesus is the Messiah than God is good. Well, I think for people, I mean, I'm a little bit older than you, even though we're technically in the same generation. But I think a lot of people my age saw. Um, the church take very harsh stances against topics, and then they struggled with, like, how can we hate things 
Um, how can we treat people certain ways? How can we take these stances mm. when we're preaching love? Mm. And so there was a lot of doubt, I think, toward the church, maybe as much oh, as there was toward God or even trusting the church. Yeah, yeah, and like that. Because yeah, see, see, good. I would, I would say my generation, and I, I'm painting with a big broad stroke, and mm-hmm. just what what I'm I'm experiencing, I would say there's very little doubt of those type of things. Right. Yeah. And we saw that, and and this is something we've talked about all the time with boomers versus millennial mindset. Uh, most boomers grew up into Gen X even. The Bible says it. I believe it. I believe that it. That settles that it. That settles it. Trevor, what would you say about about youth right now, what you're dealing with? And, and I know that you know, you're know you trying to get your a handle around those kind of things. How, how are youth dealing? Do you see a lot of doubt in them? Of of, And if it is, what kind of doubt is it? Um, Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of uncertainty, but, but you have to understand, like, they grew up in the era of, I mean, Jordan doesn't want to say misinformation, but, like, they've had to question everything they've ever heard, right? Where it's like, how do they know? Wow. And it's information overload as well. I yeah. mean, you can, they grew up being able to find any answer you want on any topic. And so I think for them, it's really wrestling with what is even true, and not even just in Christianity, mm. but in and everything And even an seen. educated source on everything. Yeah. I mean, heck, anybody can, and you can find a PhD you know, on person on, with a PhD who has on, written their thesis on whether or not the Holocaust happened right, like that. You, right. you can really find some. And so that's a good point. Yeah. Trav Michaela says, I, I, I feel yeah. like some people doubt the church more than they doubt God. I, I think that is very true. And we've set ourselves up for that. And here's a little hashtag ad, as Jordan would say, Ayo. with our next series is called big church. And we're going to actually dissect that exact yep. problem right there. Yep. Yep. Um, because I think that's more so where we're where we're heading with doubt, just as as a whole as a church, and the data from 2017 of people leaving the church, distrusting the church, kind of plays into that. So, yeah. can you be and, a Christian and, and still have doubts? And, and resoundedly, yes, yes, absolutely, yes. I think you would admit, and I would admit that we have doubts. Yes, on occasion. Yep. Regularly. Yep. I would even even say the the thing to be just understanding of is that if your doubts are consuming you um it'll lead to toxic thoughts yep. which will ultimately destroy your faith correct so you want to it's not it's not that doubts disqualify you from being a christian but you may disqualify yourself from faith because you're allowing your doubts that much power or control over you yeah, and so you might get to a point where you're like, I just don't believe this anymore because your your doubts are consuming you so much. Yeah, um, and, and that and that's when it becomes a real problem, right? And that's when it becomes a real problem. And so, you know, even one of the verses, Mark nine twenty four, where Jesus is talking about healing this man's child, I believe, daughter, and the Jesus asks the man, says like, Hey, you know, do you believe? And the man says. I believe, but God help me in my unbelief. And I think that's where a lot of Christians are. It's like, I believe you can do this, God. Help me in my doubts. Right. You know, right. help and, me in and my that, And that's a very healthy place to be. Absolutely. Because you're because you're going to the source to try to solve it. Yep. And and that makes all the difference. And and you know, when when there's times that, that I say, Okay, I question this, I have doubts about this, I try to go to the, to the right sources to Absolutely. figure out where it is. Because you can find the negative sources if you want to. Yeah. You know, and, and you look at things I guess I don't want to go. There are certain things that that as as I've reconstructed faith over the years of of everything from the Genesis story to you name it, and I've just found some very healthy places. To say, hey, 
here's where science and 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 scripture lines up don't line up but what about this sure and it, and it's given me some really positive places to go sure the other scripture that we talked about today mm. was actually in uh, Matthew chapter 28 verse 17 and I don't know how many people have really read this or understood that this is actually said in the scripture at this point. I hadn't even, like, I knew you were, when you were asking me about this, I'm uh -huh. like, yeah, that sounds familiar. And when you read it and where it appears, yes. I'm like, wait yes. a second. This is the, the last, the last chapter of Matthew, Matthew chapter 28, directly before Jesus gives the great commission to the disciples that mm -hmm. we're all going to go out and make disciples. Okay, so he's already resurrected. He's already resurrected. He's already dead. He's already dead. He's resurrected. He's talked to the disciples. He's had fish with them on the beach. Mm -hmm. All this good stuff. Verse sixteen starts says, "Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go." The resurrected Jesus tells them to go to this mountain where he's going to meet them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Mm-hmm. Unpack that. <laughs> Let's break that down, because think about the, the series of events. Okay, This happens in, I mean, in 72 hours, there's, their Messiah is arrested. Then he's killed. Yeah. Then they sit in silence for 24 hours on Saturday. Then he resurrects. He appears to them already before. Yeah. A couple times. And now they're, and he's is, about to send them off. And this is probably, what, 40 days, they say? They say he was on earth for 40 days in Acts, I believe. Yeah. He was doing miracles. So, but even unpack that sentence, yeah. they worship him. When they saw him, they saw him, they worshiped him, but some of them doubted with an exclamation point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I want to unpack that line a little bit because that just goes to prove that you can be a Christ follower and still have doubts. Yes. What do they do? They worship Jesus. Yep. So that's the act of, you know what? I'm showing up. I'm showing I'm up. I'm showing up. I'm worshiping, I'm praying, I'm doing... God, I believe... That is literally the definition and, of God, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. Yeah, and is it, is it a point of, this is so unreal, I can't believe it. Yeah. And I think that's... When I think about that, that's kind of where mm. my doubt is, is yep. that it's so unbelievable to think that God has done all this Yeah. that can it really be real? Yep. It's just... It's just unbelievable. So as pastors, we have to ask the question, why are so many Christians who have had doubts in the past leaving the church? Yeah. Because as much as it is, I mean, that's our flock. Yeah. That's our people. So what kind of spaces are we creating? Are we, are we creating spaces where people feel like they can have those conversations, those questions? And the short answer is no. Yeah. Um, in my generation, it was a definitely hard no. Yeah. I mean, when we grew up, is you didn't have doubts. You just accepted things as they were, and that's what it is. You don't get to discuss your doubts or yeah. your or your thoughts. And I think that carried over some to Gen X, and I think that's why we're having some of the problem that we're having. Yeah. Yeah. Piper said, and there's nothing wrong with having doubts. God wants to know our doubts. He wants us to ask him about them. Absolutely. Michaela said, it's like. Worship, but don't do it blindly. Ask questions to know what and why you're worshiping. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, here's here's what worry has worried me about deconstruction becoming just more popular. Let's just say it, it let's just say it bluntly, becoming more popular. People, you see it trending. You see people talking more about it. You see people expressing their deconstruction. You've also seen people step in. And make pretty bold claims about deconstruction, about those who do deconstruct, 
and, and anti deconstruction. Throw them under the bus. Throw people under the bus, and it is causing hurt toward. Sure. People who are and, already and, struggling. Instead of loving them back in, into the fold, right, and and and, and walking with them, yeah, I, I think that's kind of the issue. Yeah, we are fortunate enough to know all of the stories. Just as as pastors on staff here, we see you as people who either attend the church or just watch from afar. You just, you know, you're kind of journeying, not by yourself, but just kind of in your own lane. But we get to see the people who I've doubted so much come back to know God. And and it's so cool, but it always has started with a relationship and grace. Yeah. I've never been able to debate someone personally, just younger, debate somebody into loving God. You can't. Um, it all starts with allowing them to wrestle, walk through, struggle with their doubts. And here's, you know, frankly, you know, there have been people close to me, people who I know who have had doubts in the church and, you know, Christ followers, different people in the church have, you know, responded in a way that made them feel like it wasn't a safe place. And so they no longer, you know, they're a part of that 45% who have stepped away from the church. And that just breaks me. You know, and and I think we're also looking at a a time when a lot of people are stepping away. I mean, I just got an article from one of our elders today talking about a new study of, of how many people have walked away since the pandemic. Wow. And, and I'm wondering, it's not just doubt why people, you know, this is probably off topic a little bit, but I think there is some, some doubt of why people walk, but I think there's also just this, this trend of, I'm not, I was never that serious about following God anyway. Yep. And so I think some people actually look for areas yep. to say, I don't think that that's true. I don't think Absolutely. I believe that. I don't, I, I doubt that this even happened to happen. So I'm just going to back away because it's a lot easier for me. Absolutely. Younger people and older people too. Adults too have been, I think, leaning toward, I think the pandemic, um, the older millennials and Gen X who did not return to the church, mm-hmm. I think the pandemic, while at first used it as an excuse of saying, well, we don't feel safe. Now it's just uh, was the faith their faith was it even real? Yeah, and and there's a significant amount of boomers that have have walked away have not returned to church, and I'm I'm not so sure it isn't because again I don't have any statistics back this up, but I wonder how much of it is because we were the generation that we were at church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and it's just a matter of you know what. I'm just done. I still believe. Hmm. I still trust God. Interesting. I just and obviously you didn't have stats. That, that's it, just it, your they your reti- hunch. They've retired from church. That would be fascinating. It would be a fascinating study. Yeah, Trevor. Let me ask you this question. Um, we have seen. Uh, oh sorry, are you awake at all? Hold <laughs> on, <laughs> that. Um, <laughs> now I forgot my question. No, you've seen some some youth walk away. Uh, sometimes because of their parents. Because they got disengaged because their parents got disengaged. Yeah. Uh, Does this play into any of that, do you think? Or is it just something random? You know, here here we are. Um, Yeah, I think think for teens, and this is an assumption, thinking back to myself maybe as a teenager too, I I think as, as teenagers, like our faith is pretty shallow. And I think it takes time and... You know, I think maybe some like hard things to go through to really decide, are you going to stick with it? And so I think for 
for teens, if they're seeing the example of it's not that important, there's not enough roots for them to last through, you mm. know, moving away, dealing with things, things like that. I think, I think they need to know for other people, they need to see it modeled that this is something that really matters to mm. make it through tough times. Yeah. And even in that, you know, parents are making it near impossible for their kids to attend church when they don't engage. When parents choose to stay home, it hurts their teen. Or when parents choose not to strongly encourage their kid to get involved, that hurts their kid's faith then. Well, I think like you're saying too, so many adults have never even questioned, right? Right. And so sometimes... I think if that's what we model, never questioning, never pushing through, I don't think that that flies for young people right now who had to grow up questioning everything because mm-hmm. you can find answers for everything anywhere to yeah. say anything you want. Right, right. Yeah, um, that's good stuff. Yeah. Last question. So what does it look like to doubt towards God rather than doubting away from God? Because ultimately... We would love to be able to, um, we would love to be able to provide steps for people at church. If you're doubting, do A, <laughs> B, C, and D. Um, but every journey is different. And so, what we want to talk about for these last couple of minutes is what does it look like for us as Christ followers to have doubts, okay? But rather than allowing our doubts, again, to consume us away from God, what does it look like for us to doubt towards God? I would be interested to know anybody in the chat that has dealt with this and what they have done. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, we've answered some of this because yeah. we've talked about reconstruction, you know. And when you hear the phrase doubting towards God, what do you think of? Do you like that phrase? Uh, I'd have to process a little bit more. I, it, it, right off the bat, it, it, yeah, I don't know. Have you heard of Will Smith's fail forward talk? No. It's the same. It, it's a similar concept, but like if you're gonna fail, fail taking steps forward, rather than continuing to fail by taking steps backwards. Yeah. Is that because you know the detriment? I mean, yeah. I. I don't know. So it's, it's hard to wrap th- my mind around. This came up in th- this doubting towards God came up in a podcast that we were listening to um, about deconstruction a couple of months ago. Okay. Where they're saying in your deconstruction, you want to deconstruct towards God. Right. Okay. You want to ha- in your doubts, you want to doubt toward. If you're going to have doubts, you don't want those doubts to bring you farther away from God. You want to make sure that you're living in such a way that you're doubting in a healthy way, so that it draws you nearer to God, God's word, you know, worship, prayer, etc. Right. And so. So are we saying you just go through the motions and steps to get get you there? I mean, do you think that some people who are doubting and and let's use deconstruction again actually want to, so they're looking for excuses? Sometimes. I think that happens. I think that happens. I think sometimes, and again, this is like the disciples, sometimes you just got to show up. You know, sometimes you just have to consistently show up even when you're struggling. Right. Even when you're going through the motions. That's part of why we're doing this prayer and fasting. It, It is. You know, because... I was talking to somebody yesterday who was asking me like, Hey, so as I've gotten older, the spiritual highs I've experienced have been fewer and farther in between. He's like, are those spiritual highs that I experienced at camp going to ever come back? And I'm like, dude, mo the majority of your life is going to be a grind. Yeah. It is going to feel like you are in the Valley or climbing up the mountain. Yes. There are going to be experiences, God moments, Easter-type Sundays in your faith. Yeah. 
but more times than not, our days are kind of just showing up. And I think we equate a, a relationship. Oh, this a, is good. An on-fire relationship, God, with our emotional highs. Yep. Just, just as we say, and I think that's what has caused us a problem yep. of when things are going bad, well, God must not be present. Yep. If if people are suffering, then God can't can't be good. Yep. And 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 we associate our our emotional highs with us thriving in our faith, right? Rather than just an endorphin. And, there, and there's part of that that's true, but yeah. I, I don't think it's you. You can't expect that, right? Entirely. There's part of it's true, but then that's also us relying on feeling good faith, right? Or the emotional faith, and that's why when we say sometimes you just got more times than not. I don't want to stop what I'm doing to spend time in prayer. <laughs> yeah. And every time when I pray, I would, I wish I could tell you every time I prayed, I felt better afterwards. Yeah. I wish I could tell you every time I read scripture, I was enlightened and encouraged. It happens. And yeah. there's great times. And I usually am like, wow, I learned something. A lot of times it's just me showing up. It's like me going to the gym. It, 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 it is. And, and I think this goes back to what just kind of came across my mind is sometimes um, our 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 doubt leads us. It, we gotta we gotta say that the enemy is also in part of that. Absolutely. So we gotta look at our lifestyle and say, okay, I'm in a in a in a in a season of doubt. I'm in a season of I don't experience God like I used to. I'm, I'm in a season where God doesn't seem as close to me. Where it's it's you show, it's saying showing up. What am I doing? Yep. What, yep. What's my personal life look like? What's my prayer life look like? Where where am I reading? Um, am I showing up in community? Mm-hmm. Am I having the good conversations and things like that? Mm-hmm. Because it will drag you down. We cannot, we cannot not mention, hey, we have an enemy that wants us to doubt. Yeah, we yeah. have an enemy that wants to destroy us. We have an enemy that wants to get us away from enjoying God. And I think that's why the series were in dangerous prayers. The reason they're dangerous is because when we start, mm-hmm. when we start making the, the trek of saying, I'm going to get serious about my faith, yep. we put a target on our back. Yep. Yeah, and I think that goes perfectly with the doubting towards God because it's asking you, how are you doubting? Are you trying to find the answers from the world in unhealthy ways, yes. or are you trying to find the answers from God? Right. Um, are you trying to? Are you spending time in prayer? When people say they have questions, when I have questions, okay, have I gone to Scripture? Have I gone to the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Okay, what does that mean? Have I spent time in prayer? Have I spent time in the Word? Well, those are Christian answers. Yes, they are because we're Christians. Right. You know, like right. it, our access to God is the Word of God and is the Holy Spirit. Like yep. that. And, and if we want to access the Holy Spirit in community, in communication, Brilliant. we have to speak to, you know, we have to spend time in praying and in listening, which is part of what we've talked about through this prayer series is it's not just about babbling off. It's sometimes sitting in silence right. for 10 minutes, 5 minutes, 20 minutes and saying, God, just speak to me. And sometimes just having a, a common conversation yep. with God. Yep. Michaela said, it makes me think of the idea of leaning in. Yes. Like if you have questions, like Piper said, lean in towards God to ask them. Don't run away from them. I and, love that phrase that and, we use, lean in. And I think anybody who has made a decision to follow Christ, they, somewhere inside of them, know whether I'm leaning towards God or I'm leaning away from God. Yeah. And yeah, the things well, that we're doing. It just, a lot of and times... And just be honest about it. Yeah, because you have to ask yourself, like, it's so easy in our doubts to indulge in different sins because we're looking for that, like you said, that, that, that high. Right. Okay. To say, to say it bluntly, that high, whether it's an emotional high or an endorphin high or a literal high. Vulnerability here. If you ever get in that one of those positions where you realize, Hey, there's some tension. There's some, you know, I've got some doubt. I got some struggles here. Have you ever 
actually told yourself, you know, God, I don't want to hear from you right now. Mm. You know, I mean, there's something inside of you that says, you yep. know what, I, it's deep. I really don't want to know. I don't yep. really want to know. Yep. And there's seasons of that. Absolutely. So, and I, and, and, and as Paul talking me. about our sinful nature. Yep. It's that. It's there's just. Yep. We got to understand there is always a constant battle with our sinful nature yep. and our spiritual life. Yep. And and it's always going to be there, yep. and it's who's winning at the time, yep. and who are we going to lean into? As as they've said, yeah. that's really good. So here's how we want to close tonight, friends. If you have doubts, if you have questions, if you have struggles, know that this is a safe space for all of that. Um, and when I say safe space, like I'm not just talking about like the the cheesy, like um, you know. Cheesy millennial, you know, vulnerable looty duty thing. <laughs> I mean, like, this is a place where when you question things, our hope is that we would be able to walk with you in a healthy way. Yep. Doesn't happen every time. Okay. Our church. And we don't have all the answers. Nope. And so sometimes we mess up. And I don't know is an acceptable answer. I don't know is a great answer. I just said looty duty. <laughs> so, hey, friends, thank you so much for joining us tonight on the podcast. Uh, we hope that you had a great time. Thanks for chiming in and tuning in, whether you're watching live or a little bit later. Uh, we are off next week, and then in two weeks, we have Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader game oh, night. Oh, that's going to be It's going to be a lot of fantastic. fun. So join us for the fourth Thursday of the month. Hope that you have a great rest of your evening, and we will see you next time. See you, everybody.